Stealer. Fury. StealerFury.com. This call is your StealerFury.com podcast. I'm your host, Bradshaw to Ben, a.k.a. Will Massasak, uh, a.k.a. Accidental Zen on Twitter, welcoming you to episode two of the 11th season of the longest-running Steelers podcast in the world, in the universe. Uh, this uh, episode two is part two of our annual pre-draft extravaganza. It's awesome. If you missed part one, you got to go catch that where we talked about Steelers' needs and the Steelers' offseason, a little bit about the NFL draft overall. But now it's time for the main event, our Steelers' full seven-round mock draft war room. Here's how it's going to work. With our Pittsburgh Steelers draft, once again, we are going to do uh, a, our, our recreation of the Pittsburgh Steelers war room on draft day. Um, this is, uh, you know, I get, I get all the Twitter. I have my big board in front of me. Uh, with, uh, you know, all the positional rankings and I have the lists of, you know, who the experts think are going to be available and a Steelers uh, value board. I'm all ready to go, guys. Are you ready to go for this? I'm actually ready to go as well. It's humiliating to say this, but I am. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> exactly. So what we're going to do is uh, we are going to do it slightly different this year. Um, I, each round or each pick for the Steelers, uh, a different person is going to be the GM. One is going to be the offensive coordinator. One is going to be the defensive coordinator. And uh, so each coordinator will represent their whole side of the ball, and they'll come up with the suggestions for some prospects they think are a good fit for the Steelers at that point. And then uh, whoever's the GM that round or that pick is going to make the selection. Uh, and uh, it's the first time we've rotated it, but I think, I think, it, I think it will work well. So we're going to start. Uh, with uh, I will play Kevin Colbert for the round one pick at, at uh, pick number 28. Uh, no, we're not allowed to trade down or trade up because <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, in the in extremely unlikely uh, situation of the Steelers trading down. You know, we'd have a different conversation, but to keep it simple, we won't do any trade outs. Uh, and uh, this year, I think we'll start with Perch on the offensive side, FC on the defensive side. Uh, so uh, let's start with Perch. Perch, give me some ideas here for pick number 28 on offense. I'm, I'm going to start by not listening to the rules and do what I want. So I'm going to go on my first rant. Um, so, <laughs> I was going to actually suggest it. <laughs> We're both going to fucking do defense. We're not going to have a Scalagher and Lee first overall. And uh, – Saquon Barkley's long gone. So come on. No, come I, hang on, hang on, hang on. I would say I would say there's at least one player and possibly two that would be in play for the Steelers. Uh, you know, at at pick twenty eight. All right, may I rant now? Yes, go ahead. Here's, here's my rant. Everybody's talking about the Steelers possibly taking quarterback. All right, it's really dumb this year for three reasons. Not just not just the obvious. So the obvious reason is you know Ben's window. He's got two or three years left. That player is going to sit for two or three years. He needs a player that can help him right now. Okay, so that's the main reason. But the number two reason is fast forward three years. Le'Veon Bell is definitely definitely gone, right? I would just not assume or yeah. probably gone. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown is now a small receiver with a lot of miles on him. Right. Most importantly, who's left on the offensive line? Pouncey's retiring when Ben goes. Villanueva will be gone. Uh, Foster will be gone and retired. Gilbert will be gone. Will probably be gone. He cast, well, no, I think he'll be, you know, right there. Right, finishing it out. Right, okay. You're going to have a train wreck on offense. So this mm-hmm. quarterback's going to step in and, and do what? So 
that, that's just my rant. So it, me suggesting a quarterback, even though I am the offensive coordinator for the purposes of this, is dumb. I will talk about Darius Geis. To me, that is, you know, an AFC North 30-touch-a-game power running back. With, you know, paying Bell $13 million a year, $5 million more than any other running back, as good as he is, with as many mouths as he has on him, is not smart. If Geis falls to you here, I think you really, really got to look at the guy. Um, so that's suggestion one. Let me mm-hmm. look here. That was, that was somebody I had in mind, so okay, that's good. The receivers, I don't see a receiver good enough to take in round one. I think it would be nice to get a second or third round receiver on the team uh, because Martavis Bryant likely will not be back. Um, so I will pass on that. And the tight ends I don't like well enough. The linemen, same sort of thing. So I'm just Geis, my guy for round one. If it falls that way, Darius Geis. Just just quickly, Perch, uh, guard, offensive guard at 28, if, if – I mean, on the unlikely event that either Wynn or uh, Hernandez makes it there. It's just so far down the needs, and it's such a non-premium position in the NFL. You can't, buy, you can't spend a, a first-round pick on a guard this year. I'd rather take a, a, you know, a slight upgrade at inside linebacker or safety uh, or anything else, really, than, than a guard where they can take an undrafted free agent, which they've done so often, and, and get starting caliber reps out of him. Uh, no way I would go guard round one. So me, it's Geis or bust or defense. Got it. Great. FC? Um, Mr. Culver, there's a lot of people that are telling you <laughs> some hype about this boy from Boise State. <laughs> you got no interest there, bud. So that would be a definite no. But I'll tell wait, you something. Hang, hang, hang on. Before you – first of all, I yeah. think he's going to be – I think he's gone. But – Very good. But, Washington but, State. But hang on, Virginia. tell me for a second. Just tell us for a second right. for the listeners' sake, because I know that you know. Sure. For instance, right. for instance, Greek, Greek Steel is out there right now yelling at you, uh, listening to this. So just right. tell me specifically, what is okay. it that you don't like about the guy? I'm going to be completely honest. Um, he's horrible, horrible, horrible taking on blocks. He cannot beat a qual- if a quality big engages him. He cannot get off the block. You, you you don't get many examples of that. University of Virginia and Washington State are two perfect examples of it. Number two, um, he dominated against very subpar talent and speed and quickness in college. He is not going to be an outlier athlete at the next level. As a matter of fact, he's going to be below average. I don't believe he has the intelligence or the football IQ or the heart to put in the work. He doesn't have a Chris Spielman type of energy to him or a Paul Buzz Lucy where he lives, dies, pisses, shits football. I don't think he has it in him to be a player at this level. I think he could be great playing in the CFL, and Greek Steel might be able to see him play for his Toronto Agronauts. But that, <laughs> that is, would be a great place for him. Okay, yeah. on to <laughs> – go ahead. There is rumors, Mr. Colbert, that you hear Alexander from Louisville may fall to that 27, 28 area. I scouted – he's my number one corner on the board. There's very rarely that you do you hear a player – this might be the best zone corner to play – come out of a draft 
in five or six years. And that's not that he's a good man cover guy. But Jair Alexander, cornerback from LSU, could be there. If he's not, I know he hasn't run a 40, but if you put on film, Sean Evans from University of Alabama, he, he, can, feel, he can play outside, he can play inside, proven program, football, IQ off the chart. I don't know if he can run. He might be Tim Hightower, too. He, we might be talking a 4-9 guy. I don't know if we can take the risk, Mr. Colbert. But I'll tell you, on film, best player in this draft, he ain't going to be there in the second round, Harrison Phillips from Stanford. And let me tell you, Jonathan Bostic, Vince Williams, they're going to have a lot easier of a game. Even if he doesn't come in and start, him and Hargrave in the middle, to it, Hayward, our outside pass rush might be lacking, but you ain't going to do shit between us between the tackles. I need to tell you this, Darius Geis, who our office coordinator was talking about, very underrated in the passing game. Extremely underrated in the passing game. LSU well, he played for LSU. Fucking yeah, he played <laughs> exactly. for LSU, LSU where offense goes to die. Uh, yes. Passing offense goes to die. Um, so, you know, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. We just talked about corner is kind of – not that we wouldn't take a – you know, if you, you had a chance to jump at a really quality number one corner, that would be that'd be something – I mean, you know, if, if we're looking at a sort of best player available who fits the need – the, you know, biggest need, I mean, you know, do you like any of the safety inside linebackers or edge players at this point? I can't, I can't, pound, I can't, I cannot pound on the desk for, I, unless there's something incredible that happens and a player falls to us, falls into our, into our laps. But I don't think it's reasonable to think that Edmonds from Virginia Tech is going to fall that far. You know, if, 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 if you want to go after Leighton Van Harris, this is your team, your job on the line. If you get fired, I'm getting fired, Mr. Colbert. So, you know. How about Harold Landry? <laughs> what do you guys think of Harold Landry? You think he might fall that far? I think he might be there. <laughs> the, the question is, is do you want another Jarvis Jones or Bud Dupree? I mean, I'm not going to be a dick, Birch. I mean, he, he really is advanced at college, but is he going to take that next step to the pros? You're right. He could be the best pass rusher in this draft. What, uh, what do you guys uh, make of Josh Sweat? I mean, here's what I here's what I think about him. He's uh, I sort of appreciate him more. He's he's a little bit like the um, Missouri guys, where they ask him to do more in terms of read responsibilities, and therefore he's not like just banging to the quarterback on every play. But it seems like he's nuanced, you know, at the some of the finer points of the game, and yet has some athletic talent. I know the FC. I'm not sure you like him too much. Oh, I mean, I love his length. Um, I love that he plays with heavy hands. I mean, there's a lot to really like about him. The question is, is I don't think you can do anything with him except for from the play the run and rush the passer. I think that with a little bit of refinement, I don't, I don't think he's a player that'll be very good in reverse. In other words, so and I mean, he, if, I'm sorry, he's like going to play like a Kevin Greenish type role. Gotcha. And does, and does he does CJ Watt compliment him? Actually, he does. It's not a perfect compliment, but he compliments him well. Yeah, so a perch, Lorenzo Carter. Do you see him as an edge or an off-ball guy, or what? What would what would he be? I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Um, I, I I guess I'd say off-ball guy. Uh, I I just I, you know, not my favorite player in the draft. I I, I think that you know th- there's some holes there to his game. I, I didn't see enough production out of him. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't have him on my short list for the first round for sure. Okay, so. 
the only thing we haven't really talked about here is safety. Um, seems like Justin Reed and Jesse Bates are the two guys that people are talking about at this point in the draft. Steelers seem to be at least somewhat interested in both. They they rolled out the red carpet for Bates. Um, I mean, FC, you got any kind of take on this for me? Because I like basically the feeling I, like I have Bates. right now. Go I'll ahead. fight for him at sixty four, or excuse me, I'll fight for him in the second round, which. I unfortunately think I think the safety that in this draft is rare. I wouldn't take. I think that you could actually get Jesse Bates in the, in, honestly in the second round if we don't move. Just, and, and, and the reason, and, and I know that there will be people that disagree with that, but it's just the overall depth of of, of how many quality safeties. You know, Fitzpatrick, Reed, Amarni Watts, Kaiser White, Marcus Allen, various more. You know, and Jeremy Reeves, uh, Jamerson from Wisconsin's flying upwards, which he should. You know, Van Smith from Clemson's might be a seventh-round pick, and he's not much different than Marcus Allen or Kaiser White. It's just this. It's a safety group so hard to 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 to, to, to bunch to, to put together. Sure. Um, well, what about Tremel Edmonds from Virginia Tech? <laughs> I think he's the same thing, sort of 60-ish, you know, or maybe even the third round. Right. Yep. Um, do you think he can play uh, free, free safety perch? Is he versatile enough to do that? Yeah, I think it's possible. By the way, the Steelers yeah. use their free safeties for sure. Okay, so let me just tell you where I'm at. I am feeling, and this is something that I, you know, pretty much realized before we started the show. I think uh, this, this first round of talent is 20 or 25 picks deep. And that when you get to 28, man, it's rough uh, because I feel like there's a, you know, there's not a real big difference between the 25th best player in this draft and the 60th one, um, which, you know, that's sort of typical where the Steelers pick every year, but it's, it's really pronounced to me this year. Um, I'm not sure that I, you know, I mean, I guess I start to get, think to myself what guys might go in the mid second round or early second round, you know, you know, if it were me who might, they'll be gone before our second pick. But, uh, I mean, right now I'm leaning to Geist, and I'm not really sure that that's the best thing for the team. You know, like Absolutely Geist to me is the is. Best, best player uh, that we've talked about available. But, you know. Absolutely. I think it's actually the very best thing for the team. All right, well, for that, the team, for the, but for the organization as well. Okay. $5 million well, okay. more than any back in the NFL. Okay, and just, just to reiterate, like we're not going to be sorry uh, if we lose out on Nwosu – or um, you know uh, Harrison Phillips here. I think I think I think I'm okay with that. I, I, I actually think, would be too. Okay, so let's biggest impact on the field. Yeah, guys, because you can't deal with this Bell situation for much longer. It gives you a second right. guy to bring in who can do everything. You know, it's, I think he's going to be. I've seen him working out, showing teams the route running and ball skills in the past game. I think he's going to be uh, a surprise as far as uh, how good he is on that side of the ball. So, yes, I will select. He volunteered to play fullback last year. Their fullback was injured in the first game. He volunteered to step in and play fullback. Even though Fournette was, you know, he, he played in front of Fournette. He wanted to play fullback. He knew he needed the job, and he, like, was just to play. He wanted to play fullback. Gotcha. All right, well, we're going to select <laughs> uh, Darius Geis. See, Perch, you got your offensive guy. <laughs> you got Sorry, your no. offensive guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> Now that we're taking him, can you imagine if the Steelers took him, what Bell would do with his holdout? Would would he even report before week 10? I mean, whatever the minimum amount of weeks he has or 
Oh, just just a minute. I mean, the guy's going to get all the snaps. What if uh, Geis comes in and looks great in preseason, and then Bell shows up week one? I mean, it, it would just be such a freaking circus. <laughs> Pretty much. It's so Steelers. Yeah, so Steelers. So, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. Okay, moving on to uh, pick number two. That's the 60th pick overall, 60th pick in the NFL draft. Uh, so, uh, Perch, you're on the defensive side. Uh, uh, B2B here is on the offensive side. And, FC, you're going to be Kevin Colbert. Um, so, uh, all right, so, uh, Perch, I'll let you go first again while I get a ch- second to get my, my stuff together here. So, uh, okay. let's hear about the defensive. I am a believer that Jesse Bates will be there right around this point in time. Um, I am as well, sir. I think he's going to go between 50 and 70, you know, so this is going to right in that range. So I'll throw him out first. Um, uh, Next big need would be inside linebacker. I guess I'll throw out Malik Jefferson from Texas uh, for your team there. Yeah, I know. And then... (laughs) Well, hey, hey, by the way, could Malik Jefferson be any more like Lawrence Timmons? I mean, he kind of... He has the same sort of questions in his game as far as, yep. you know, play reading. He runs a little bit like him. Like, I, I just – it's uncanny to me. Sorry, go ahead. And, um, yeah, I was going to throw out Shaquem Griffin, but I'm not. So you don't get him. What about Eugenie um, Nwosu from USC? I think you're a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan as well, but I think he's gone. Yeah, I, I think he's gone at this point too. That's uh, all right. Yeah, so those are my two. I'm gonna. Uh, that's that's where I'm gonna throw. It all out. right, Malik so, Jefferson and Jesse Bates the third. Big fan of both players. All right, quick question: Which one do you think can make a bigger impact on the field this year? Oh, Jesse Bates. Well, I, I think Jesse Bates could uh, steal a starting job or at least be that third, you know, third safety. Uh, so you're it, questioning Sean Davis as well. Um, yeah, I think that uh, there's a possible. And hey, who knows if Morgan Burnett's going to hold up physically for the entire sure. year? Uh, who knows if Sean Davis' shoulder is going to blow out? So to have a third guy, you need you know three starting caliber players at that position. Plus, yeah. Burnett's here for you know ideally Burnett's a starter for one or two years here. Uh, so this is your replacement. They give him a you know kind of a redshirt year to to learn and to get you know a potentially a long term starting safety uh, this late in the second round. I think it's it's a good smart pick there. Um, so, you know, is uh, the other guy going to be that much better than, than Bostic in the next couple of years? You know, I, I don't know. So, basically, okay. my recommendation. Just okay. Me, sir. With you. Yes, um, sir. So, Come at me. All right. So, uh, I know we got an offensive guy in the round one, but I'm going to make a hard pitch for a couple of guys here. For, first of all, question. Uh, Dallas Goddard available or is he gone? I think he's gone. Gone. Uh, so I'll start with a, I'll start with a, you know, maybe a name we haven't talked about very much on the board or even most, most people haven't talked about. His name is Austin Corbett. He's a guard from Nevada. Um, I think he's a, you know, he was played, he played tackle and guard there. Yes, he's yep. very technically sound. Not only that, but he has good length for a guard. Um, you know, he's in the six, four, almost six, five range, 300 uh, some pounds. And I just feel like he's a guy that fits what the Steelers, uh, want to do on offense, meaning he can move a little bit. He's good in pass pro. Um, and he's a good, you know, he's a smart offensive lineman. I just feel like, you know, we're going to lose Ramon Foster probably after this year, the feeling that he's up for a contract and, uh, and it's at the end uh, or, you know, closer to the end than he is to the beginning. 
So I'm going to throw that out there. Also, Corbett is a guy that could play tackle. He's long enough to play tackle and maybe be a Hubbard type backup, which is, you know, considering how much Hubbard played the last couple of years, not, not a small consideration for a team with Ben Roethlisberger uh, at quarterback. Uh, the other name I will throw out to you is uh, a wide receiver that I think um, is the most Antonio Brown-like, not necessarily in his, in his uh, size or, you know, anything particularly about his game, but about his demeanor and the kind of person that he is. Uh, and the worker that he is, and his name is Anthony Miller from Memphis. Um, to me, to me, Anthony Miller um, maybe maybe too premium a pick, especially since we just picked Geis. Uh, but what I can tell you is that I think the the biggest, uh, the only flaw that I can find in this game, a kid fights like hell for the ball in the air. Um, he he gets open. He he knows how to work defenders to get his space. Um, I, I, and I, you know he's a a tenacious blocker. I really like him as a prospect. Um, the only thing I would say is, you know, occasionally he, he, his hands are maybe not the most, uh, he catches the ball, but he's a sort of like a, you know, a, a double catcher on occasion and so on and so forth. Um, easier throw. It's on the easier throws, the hard throws. He makes the play, the easier throws, you know, maybe not the most natural looking catcher, but to me, he's a guy that'll hit the jugs machine, you know, for 500 balls a day, every day for the rest of his, his career, uh, and he's, you know, he's going to work on those hands. He's going to turn into an Antonio Brown kind of receiver. Um, you know, it's hard. For, it's hard for me to really, you know, think that you'll pick that out on the heels of an offensive guy in round one. But if we had gone defense in round one, I'd be, I'd be banging on the top of the table for him. I think he's going to be a tremendous NFL player. I'm a Tyler Ferguson fan, so I'm very, very familiar. Um, I probably. When this draft process started, I had him in my top three diamonds-type wide receivers, guys that weren't going to be taken in the first round that I think were going to be first-round talents or first-round players. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a Sean Davis fan, sir. So the pick is Jesse Bates the third from Wake Forest University. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. Only the only uh, I mean, I'm going to write it down here, but the only thing I'd say about it is my comment is. There, there aren't that many free safeties in this draft. I think there's a lot of safeties. There are not too many right. guys I think could be good free safeties. But, you know, if you like Sean Davis, you maybe could wait a hair longer for, uh, you know, and get one of the sort of off-brand versions of Jesse Bates. But I think you made a good pick. Um, hurt you good on that? Two for two, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay, so pick number three. This might be the smoothest uh, – mock draft war room I, we had, we had so far although i think it's a little easier in the first couple of rounds it starts to get harder now now we're in into round three uh this is pick 92 overall uh and this time uh let's see uh, i am the defensive coordinator fc you're the offensive coordinator and uh perch uh you are going to be kevin colbert good luck my man um I'm, I'm going to make a pitch to you. I, I, I know we just picked a free safety in this draft. Uh, going back to what I said about uh, the Steelers having a little bit of a shortage of playmakers, uh, I just have to say, you know, I, I don't really understand so much fear about Shaquem Griffin uh, playing in the NFL. I, I understand that if you view him as being uh, an inside linebacker at the next level, that shedding blocks is never going to be his forte. Um, you know, some of that is size. He's not really built. He doesn't have a big butt. He's not one of those cats that is going to be able to, uh, 
withstand a lot of interior linemen blocking him and so on and so forth. But my thinking on this is he's a strong safety for what the Steelers do. He's a, he's a strong safety uh, hybrid linebacker for what a 4-3 team might do. Um, this is a guy that does nothing but make plays. His, his last two years in college, he was all over the field playing arguably out of position at edge. I don't think anybody thinks he's an edge rusher at the next level, but this is a guy that can, can you know, go out wide and take a, uh, a speed receiver deep as he did against Temple uh, and made an interception. He's a guy that can, you know, can blitz and rush the passer and, and get home against a quality uh, offensive tackle from the SEC, which he did against Auburn. Um, he's a guy that can, you know, spy your quarterback, um, make plays uh, against the run, you know, the blow up plays in the backfield as he did against Temple, where he, you know, beat two block. He 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 sidestepped the first blocker. He plowed through the second blocker, and as he plowed through him, reached out and stripped the ball from the running back. And granted, Temple is Temple, but that's a guy that can make plays. That's so that's one. That's one I will say for sure. Um, edge rushers kind of gets interesting at this point. I think it's a really deep edge rusher class. Um, but there's a guy, Jannard Avery, who played more of like an outside linebacker in a 4-3. But I really like Avery as a, as a pass rusher, and I think he's going to be available at this point. I think, you know, I like Edge of 4 maybe a little bit better, but I think he's gone as is Okoronkwo, like him too. But I think Jannard Avery is a guy that could – maybe not the best in pass coverage, but he played a lot of off ball. He knows how to do that. It fits what the Steelers do in that regard. I think he's an unbelievably good player – uh, against the run and is a surprisingly good edge rusher tested well there um, somebody that I could see picking um, and you know inside linebacker we haven't addressed I guess I'll give you one more one more name here as an inside linebacker at this point you know is is if Malik Jefferson is available you know he, he's not necessarily like I said he's Lawrence Timmons I'm not sure that's what they really need but I, I'll, I'll throw out a name I I like don't love Fred Warner as a fit for a Mac linebacker, but I know FC that you like him. Uh, I could see him fitting in that job and being a solid player, maybe not a star, but a solid player at inside linebacker. So those are, those are the three guys I'll give you here. Um, okay. I, I'm going to, I'll just make it easy. Um, there's a wide receiver. Play at Penn State. His name's Deshaun Hamilton. You're very familiar with him. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, uh, I don't see. I was gonna pound. I was waiting, and I was gonna pound the table for Austin Corbett as well. I think this is where he gets taken. Um, I view him as a left guard, maybe center. Definitely can play right guard. Definitely can play right tackle. And I'm not shocked, wouldn't be shocked if he could play left tackle. Um, he's good enough to start, I think, at four positions for the Steelers. Um, a lot of people are scared off by Nevada. I'm personally not. Um, he's not super strong. He's athletic. He's a battler. Um, if I had a pot, we're going to have problems at wide receiver down the line. And Deshaun Hamilton is just. I view him as in the same light that I viewed Juju Smith-Schuster last year. I just think that, you know, he isn't the fastest. He doesn't look the prettiest. I just think he might end up being the best wide receiver in this class. Yeah, I mean, I like him as a root runner. I just worry if you lose Martavis Bryant and now you have Juju uh, as, you know, NAB, where, where's the speed? Like, 
you know, I guess I just don't, I think you got to need to threaten somebody down the field to make this whole thing work. That's my only yeah. comment about it. I love the yeah, player. It's like two, two jujus is kind of what we're looking at there. Um, I don't know. I mean, the juju seemed to do okay, you know, not exactly as a vertical threat, but on, on some deep plays last year. Um, how about Shaquem Griffin? Is he, is he gone, or is this kind of about where he goes? This is where he goes. I, I just the first guy I pitched. Oh, if you didn't hear, uh, my hotel was just burning down. All I could hear was a fire alarm blowing in my ears when I put the phone on mute. I didn't hear a damn Sorry. word you said, to be honest. Oh, I said, I, oh, just to reiterate that to me, Shaquem Griffin – uh, fits as a Troy Palomalo style uh, strong safety who can play three levels of the field, cover receivers deep, make plays against the run, rush the passer, just yeah. disrupt. I mean, if you need a field goal blocked when your season is on the line, as they did earlier this year against Memphis, he's the guy that makes the play. And it's like, if you need yeah. a guy to like just bail out your defense and make a play when somebody needs to make a play, he's your guy. Yeah. Hey, everything the table. said for the first five minutes, all I could hear was a loud beeping in my ear before uh, I guess the, the fire's <laughs> out now. So, boy, right, that's but tough, I mean, tough one. But but FC, you're the you're the GM, man. You do what you think is right. No, I'm the GM, damn it. Oh, oh I'm sorry. GM. I thought FC was the GM. Or excuse me, purchase. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, um, FC. Yeah. So FC, I mean, that's a, that's crazy because I've been pounding the table for Deshaun Hamilton for a long time. So I think. He's such a good route runner. He's going to get open in the NFL. You know, his weakness is probably somewhat a Juju's weakness, though, so it's a little bit redundant where you've got two guys that might, you know, struggle a little bit going deep or getting off of a jam right at the line. But, you know, very savvy, very well-rounded football players. But, boy, i, I got to go for the need and the playmaker. Shaquem Griffin's a pick. Nice. Okay, great. Um, I like it as well. How about you that? Guys- are you guys with me that he's a strong safety in this defense? I think – You can put him on the fucking field and have him make plays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my point. I've been trying to tell people for weeks. It's like kid had two hands with the exact same film. He's a top 15 pick in the draft. Top five. He's, his tape is unbelievable. So, like, you're right. Just put him on the field. All right, right I on. Think, yeah, I, I think ideally, though, he's a weak outside linebacker. I think in the Steelers system, he comes in and, and fills in for Shazier. You know, and then, you know, in those nickel and dime packages, he's, you know, kind of roam in the middle of the field. Um, I, I think he's more of a, of a linebacker than a safety, but either way. I mean, it's just, I just tell anybody who's interested, I'm going to put it on the, uh, the YouTube right here, but Shaquem Griffith playing against Temple this year, covering their speed receiver, their kick returner, um, who was spread out in the slot, carried him 30 yards downfield, opened up his hips, turned, ran with him, Turned, made a play on the ball, intercepted it, you know, like at the high point. I, I just don't think – like that. there's not too many linebackers who can do that. Maybe Deion Jones, you know, um, but there, there's not too many linebackers in the NFL who can make that play. Um, okay, so that brings us to uh, – unfortunately, due to Kevin Colbert, um, which is me this round, uh, we have no fourth-round pick to deal with. This is one of those things we didn't really talk about in the – when we were just picking for the third round, but – you know, it's got to go through your mind, like the guys that are just going to be gone um, in the in the fourth round that you might have uh, like to have a shot at. That's a sort of a, still a sweet spot in this draft, I think, uh, for value buys. But here we are at pick 148 near the top of round five. Uh, and let's see, uh, Perch picked the last time. You were offense, uh, Perch, uh, FC, you're the defense. And I am uh, Kevin Colbert, FC. Tell me a little bit about the defensive choices here at five one forty eight. Um, this 
you're now getting a little bit down to it. Um, there's a lot of players that, you know, it's 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 tough to read because and the and, and that seems like a cowardly answer, but you know, is Jeff Holland from Auburn here? Did did Jeff Holland fall this far? You know, um with the picks that we've made, you know, um Griffin is, you know, a great hybrid, you know, nickel dime player. You know, we're looking maybe a little bit more for, you know, a base type of three four linebacker, um or outside linebacker linebacker at this point because you know, we're going to figure Griffin probably, you know, if we're going to play him in the base, would fit best at, you know, the MAC, you know, where where, Sh- where Shazier was. So, at this point, I think you have to look defensive line. There's no one I really love here. You know, um, if a little bit later, I would, might make an argument for a Puna Ford. But, you know, Jeff Holland from Auburn, you know, that he may be already gone. Some people have him, you know, in the fourth round. Some people have him at the bottom of the fifth. Um, you know, other considerations that, you know, you, you, you may take account. Are you, are you comfortable, you know, with L.T. Walton, you know, and Tyson Alu-Alu? Alu-Alu, you know, played well, you know, for the most part last year, but our defensive line got gashed. And they just, you know, the, the depth there is not as great as one would think. Um, so is Jeff Holland is there from Auburn. He's probably my favorite player that would be right there in the fifth round, and that's who I would bang the table for. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Is say I mean a cornerback or nothing? I mean, it seems like I there's a corner. There's a corner at every round who can play. That's what it feels like. Maybe I'm crazy. No, but I mean, you know, um, you know, is, is Brian Allen gonna you know move out to safety if if he's if he does not, then I think that we're our corner depth, you know, adding Cameron Sutton, you know, Brian Allen seems like he's a winner. You know, you know, this is like the, probably the toughest part of the, of the draft for the Steelers because they have, you know, so many needs in this draft. Like you said, after you get through the first 30 picks, you, you know, anybody from 30 to 90 fits and anybody from 90 to 150 could fit. You know, there there could be players that have, like Deshaun Hamilton. It's possible that he could fall down into the you know fourth round. I heard. I mean, this is this is where the mock gets tough. So if if I had to bang the table for you know players, I would go bang the table for Jeff Holland from Auburn, Puna Ford from the University of Texas, who is starting to get a little bit of a push because it seems that Vita Vita and Harrison Phillips. And then after that, Tim Settle. After that, you have nobody that is really thought of that can play, you know, a 3-4 news tack in this draft. So, yeah, Puna Ford may get pushed up boards. And um, Jordan Whitehead from Pitt would be the third player. And he doesn't test well. He just may play as a pit. Just whenever – I'm not going to say he was he has near the film as Griffin, but a lot of times whenever Pitt needed a play for a win offensively or defensively, it seemed like Jordan Whitehead made the plays a lot. And I think that he is a – as a football player, he's about a fifth-round pick. Yeah, I got you. Um, okay, just two, two questions. Uh, Nathan Shepard is going to be gone at this point. Just out of curious, curiosity, though, I do think you view so. him as a guy that can, can play – is he a three-tech He's not really a guy that's going to play the one or zero, is he? 
No, I don't think I, – I, I wouldn't view him that way. If, 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 if For the Steelers, I think he could play anywhere across our defensive line to be effective. And what about P.J. Hall? This is a guy that might be available at this point. But I think – I'm not sure where he fits. He, I think he would fit best as a left defensive end, actually, at 3-4. And that doesn't seem I, – I, I, I don't know if he's your classic 3-4 nose tackle. Yeah, I think it's a big problem for him that he doesn't really – he played better at defensive end, but he's yeah. not really built that way. So, Correct. anyway, um, okay, Perch, hit me with, uh, hit me with some uh, offensive firepower here. Yeah, I had planned on throwing Kalen Balich to you here the running back. Uh, but I got my running back in round one, which I hadn't planned on. So, uh, you know, had this gone differently, I would the guy I would have threw out to you in round two for wide receiver, James Washington is from Oklahoma State. There, the Steelers have shown a lot of interest. He's a deep threat guy. He's, you know, sure uh, does a real good job tracking the ball. But his teammate is who I'm going to go with here. Marcel Aitman was the other wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Where, you know, if we are losing a big body uh, wide receiver uh, at the end of this year, uh, you kind of need to replace that. Maybe not quite a starting caliber guy, but somebody who you know with some depth and and some uh, some development, maybe he can turn into a, a decent rotational player. So Marcel Aitman is the is the first guy I'll throw at you. Um, mm. Let's see here. I still think tight end can use some depth. Uh, there isn't a lot of super great athletic guys that I think that would be left at this point. So I'll throw a very typical prototypical Steeler tight end instead, which we all hate. Uh, Troy Fumagalli from Wisconsin, I think, goes in about this area. Just a guy who can kind of do everything very well. He's not a big, you know, pass threat, but he can block and help the run game and, and be a, a solid all-around player. So those are the two guys I'll throw out for the fifth round. Hmm. Well, Aitman, to me, I got another, you know, he's, once again, you can, he's bigger, but he's not really doing anything for me in terms of speed, which is a concern for me. Um, based on what we're working with, I mean, he ran 4.62. Um, which isn't the be-all, end-all as far as, you know, measuring a wide receiver's speed, but I just can't see that being uh, so, enough to really help me. Um, I want to – I mean, I want to – I'm interested in wide receiver at this point since we got our running back already, uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that guy. Um, Holland FC, how's how I feel about him? I, I, I want to know how you think he wins because he's tested about as poorly as you can test for an edge player. Um, and, and I just like, I know he succeeds, but it's like, will that scares me a lot. It's, you know, I mean, obviously he seems like a football player, but you tell me. I watch him play, playing games and I watched a ton of SEC football and a ton of Auburn and I kept on looking at him and I was like, holy shit, this guy reminds me of Alden Smith. Holy shit. He reminds me of Alden Smith without the AK-47 issues. And, uh, <laughs> He went out. He tested a lot like Baldwin Smith. I <laughs> there's guys that he, I and he's not a one year wonder. At, at, he did a decent job. Did a real nice job. Whenever he was uh, replacing Carl Lawson, whenever he was dinged up last year. And I'm not picking on Carl Lawson at all. Or no, yeah, Carl Lawson. And I just I don't. I mean he every. He, He's been told that he wasn't good enough. Sam Cower was the number one high school recruit that was going to come in and just overtake him. Couldn't do it. He 
I don't know. He may be whispers, sweet nothings in offensive linemen's ears and he gets it done, <laughs> but he really does. He, he tests poorly. Hey, I mean, Andre Smith from the University of North Carolina, I would, I would love to – he's one of my favorite players, but I just know that when it came time to test, he, his 40 was great. Other than that, very, very average. You're short, you're not real big, and you're not super fast. Going to fall in the draft. I see that he could be, you know, sixth, seventh round pick. Oh boy, guys, uh, tough, tough call. As you said, it gets, it definitely gets tough uh, at this point. Um, hmm. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, we didn't. I mentioned him earlier, but um, Jamar Avery. Do either of you guys have a a feel for him? I think he's gone by this point. I think he's probably right. a third rounder. Oh, here's the thing. I mean, I'm looking at Draft Scout. They have him at 144. Yeah, which see. is which is right here. Um, would you let me let me ask you this question, FC? Would you take him over Jeff Holland? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, I think it's just a, you know, I mean, he's a he seems like a better fit. Like I worried Jeff Holland dropping into coverage. You know, which which the Steelers they just don't seem to have a desire to bring in a guy who's a you know like a stunt pass rusher who's really good at that. It isn't necessarily good at at uh, being versatile. Um, but you guys, if you guys don't think Jannard Avery is available, I won't I won't go there. But that would be my pick otherwise. Can I get a ruling from the crowd? Hurts, what do you think? I think he's gone. I I I want the pick. I just I don't think it's I don't think he's available. Ugh. Okay. I mean I would take him too. I just think he's gone. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh so just uh so we have Marcel Aitman, Jeff Holland. Uh they got anything else to work with here? Um, we, see, we, got, we got two two safety we got a excuse me, we got a linebacker safety hybrid, a free safety and a running back so far. So we, we, we need to, you know, so edge is really – edge and wide receiver are really in play here. Um, I, I, I would agree. I mean, like, like we said, you know, uh, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. It, it, hey, Hang on a second. Let's talk about Tim Settle. Is Tim Settle available here? Well, I think he would be off the board. It's Armstrong. So. How about – yeah. I was thinking B.J. Hill. I think he's definitely gone. Um, settled. Yeah. Probably no, gone. Settle's, settle's gone. I forgot. We're in round five. He's gone. Even with all his issues at the combine, he'll be gone. Um, yeah, we're getting down to it now. Uh, what about you know, Dedrick? Ded- what about Thorne? About- I was going to say Dedrick Sinat. You think he's gone? No, I mean, I'm saying I think maybe he's here. Yeah, Thorne Armstrong Jr. is probably, I mean, he's a great fit. I mean, He's played outside linebacker. Um, he reminds me a little bit of the kid from uh, Kansas State that New England took a couple years ago. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I'll think of it. But uh, all right, well, I'll tell you what, FC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, I wish I liked Aitman more. Uh, go wide receiver here. Perch, you got any other wide receiver names for me? Maybe somebody like with some Mario, more speed. But I, don't, I think this is too early for him. I would maybe take him with the, with the next one. He's just another Smurfy guy. But every time I watched him, he was making plays. But I think he's more of a sixth or seventh rounder. Well, what about you, James? 
Yeah, Richie James or Deontay Burnett. Those are I know they're smaller, but those guys seem like they can. Richie James in particular, I think, made some plays on the outside. He, he like would be breaking these. He's breaking beneath Miller for me in my diamonds and the diamond little category that I have. And if anybody ever has any questions about him, about Richie James, they should watch the Florida Atlantic game from 2016, which I think is the most college football performance I've ever seen. He received for over 200 yards. He ran for over 150, played Wildcat quarterback. Both the quarterbacks got injured. And uh, I think he had two kick returns touchdown. I mean, the per- Perch, let me ask you, do you, do you have any opinion on Richie James? Because I'm inclined to take him. I know he wasn't your selection, though. No, yeah, I mean, that. that uh, I think this is probably a, a, a good spot for that, one of these two fifth-round picks. Um, yeah, but, just kind of a Steelers sort of, sort of feeling pick where he's kind of a dynamic guy that maybe lacks a true position. They can kind of get into the receiver room and, and build something out of him. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're all three of us are looking for a future starter at wide receiver, but picking where we are it's just not there so this yeah, might be the right. best way to go i also have a i have an inside source he is an unbelievable kid um in terms of not just like on you know the football related stuff like uh work ethic and all that business but apparently he is uh uh the, his you know one of his coaches said that he was the uh his favorite kid on the team so um like he's just you know believes in him that strongly. So I think, I think let's do it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go off the board on your perch. I'll take Richie James from middle Tennessee state. Yeah. That's what I think. I think he's a player like that uh, kind of quality, maybe not that reach those heights, but that uh, right. he'll work hard until he does. Um, all right. So we move on to the next pick. Uh, I know I took a long time for that. Sorry guys. Um, that'll move us to, the fifth five. round, 165th pick, 5-165. I am uh, the offensive guy. I'm probably not going to get anything I want here. Uh, and uh, let's see, who was defense last time, FC? You were yeah. defense last time. You were, you were Kevin Colbert, and that means, Perch, you are on the defensive side. I'm going to let you roll first. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally unprepared. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, fifth well, I, I, I'll, I'll go first because I'll give you. I'll buy you time because offense is going to be easy here. Um, let's see here. We didn't get our backup lineman yet. Uh, we missed out on Austin Corbett. Um, there's a couple of guys I like in this range. I'm not sure how much. You know, one of them is more. Oh, two of them are more like players that uh, are more well-rounded can play a couple of different positions. Uh, another is a sort of a developmental tackle. So let's start with. Uh, Timon Paris from Stony Brook. He's a guy that's a tackle type. Um, you know, in I college, with that, in oh, took... mock draft. Oh yeah, there uh, you go. So you know, he's a guy that fits this sort of uh, you know well-rounded. Has definitely the possibility of of playing guard, even though he's a little bit longer. Player six six. Sure. I think I think he's a guy that can back up maybe four positions, maybe three. Uh, I like that about him. Um, you know, he he isn't the most exciting guy. Uh, on tape, but I think he's a solid player, and in particular at this point in the draft, uh, I I could buy him. Um, in terms of interior linemen, um, there's there's a guy here uh, from Hawaii, Dejon Allen or Dejon Allen, uh, yep. that I feel like is a very versatile player. No one got to see him because he plays in Hawaii. You know, it's like unless they come to the mainland and play a game against a big program, nobody notices that they're alive. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other guy would be Desmond Harrison, who is a 
you know, uh, I don't know, really sure what to make of guys like this sometimes. Character concerns. <laughs> yeah, there would be a couple of guys. Guess what? I took on our long draft. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a guy that you know, like when you have Mike Munchak to build a player, he was a I, I don't was he like he was like a top five recruit nationally. Um, ended up going to Texas. He, he he actually, I think, he was committed to one of the other powerhouse schools and decommitted right. and went to Texas, which right away is like one of those, you know, that's a first red flag. And then he uh, got he smoked pot and got suspended. When he came back from his suspension, the next day they tested him again. He failed again. Uh, that got him a longer suspension. Then they got a new coach, and he was like, we're going to get rid of everybody who is a – problem or malcontent from before my time and he got cut he drifted out of football for two years then he went to juco for at least a year maybe two so he's overaged he's got five red flags he's still a cat that has unbelievable size length talent um just raw as can be totally you know uncoached in that regard um but you just have to look at him and think he's got the demeanor of an offensive lineman in the nfl he has the talent can you put up with his red flags at this point in the draft? Um, those are going to be the main guys I'm going to say. Um, I just I'll throw out we we uh, we got our wide receiver. Got you know, I guess back. we didn't. We got a running back, tight end at this point. Um, yeah. There, you know, All I right. don't I don't think it quite fits. I think it's the you know seventh round for tight end. So I'm going to leave that for my. Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Go ahead uh, to the defensive side there. All right, well, I'm going to make this really simple. I'm only going to throw out one player here. I feel like we've already got an inside linebacker. I feel like we've already got a free safety. I'm not in love with any of the defensive tackles, not in love with any of the corners, uh, anything else here. So uh, depth, we want depth. We want two good players at every position. we got a guy who's a very, very much a plus athlete, a guy who was a very underrated player when he played until he went to the combine and kind of blew it up. High-character guy, Troy Afke. Strong safety, Penn State. Right. Uh, it's the gun I'm going to throw at you. Wow. Okay. We're, um, go ahead, FC. And who are you going to throw at me there, Mr. B2B? You coming well, in number one? I was just going to say that I I couldn't disagree more. I'm surprised, Birch. You're the guy that followed his career. I can't believe I can't believe you're suggesting him as a as a flag. I, you maybe could see him as a special teams player, but I um, – See, there's, there's there's mixed opinions on. I'm actually I'm not in love with him, but you can tell that he's a former wide receiver. Great ball skills, great. And people want to take a knock on uh, his tackling and stuff, but he started 18, 19 games in the Big Ten, and it wasn't a huge issue. And then he had a huge he had actually played either the East West Shrine game or one of the smaller ones, and he actually played pretty well. But I know where you're going, B2B. I don't blame you. There's a lot of people that actually have a lot of negative things to say about him. But here's the thing. I mean, size, speed, intelligence, he has some skills. I can just – Amazing athlete. Is, amazing athlete. Like, I'm, I'm not going to question that at all. I mean, worst case, he's he's a better Robert Golden and Bear. You know, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where you, you've got – I mean, that, look, look at it. He's going to be – the fourth on the depth chart for safety. That's basically what we're picking here. We're pretty much to round six, right? So, I mean, to right. me, that, that's kind of the quality of player. It's rare to get an athlete with that much potential. So maybe he develops into a backup safety in time. Maybe he's able to uh, be a core special teamer for a long time. You know, we're, we're very late in the game at this point, so that's, that's kind of where I'm going with it. 
Okay. I don't, I mean, think, I, I don't think, and here's another thing. I don't think he'll last into the sixth round. Wow. I wow. don't. Okay. I, I definitely don't. I, I definitely, you can throw this up in my face post draft. He will not be there first pick six, in the sixth round. Maybe. How about that? Okay. okay. That's a good, that's a good bet to take. I will take that bet. I mean, um, if, if, if I'm wrong, I will admit publicly I was wrong. <laughs> so will I. So yeah, will I. I. Um, but we don't have a pass rusher, an edge rusher you like, Perch? Oh, that's what I'm worried about. We have so little depth just, there. You're going to take in the first, like, basically with the, in the sixth round. It's the problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at this point, you're you're taking a, rolling the dice and taking a shot on somebody that, uh, you know, uh, boy, I, I if you've okay. got one, throw them out there, but. Um, uh yeah, I mean I'll, I'll like just throw Herkley, a name. I mean Herkley, yeah, like Mata Mata Alpha, like I, I might take a shot on someone like him at this point. I didn't didn't oh, test that. Absolutely, I was great. Shot at Hercules. He, he's right there with Aki with me. That Hercules Malafala who played yeah. defensive tackle and bench. He 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 went down and played interior defensive line because his team needed him to. Yeah, he's he's nuts too. He's like the motor motor of the year. Um. So from that standpoint, you know, like him, Mata to me, like out of all the names we just mentioned, I might swing for the fences on him just because it's so he's so unique as a player that I don't know how it works, but he seems to work. Yeah. All right, I think we got some of our board, and um, it's very good whenever one gets brought up when you don't have to uh, point the person in that direction. I will select Hercules Malafala. From Washington. Almost. Mata Afa. <laughs> there you go. We have a new poly name for me to butcher. What were you going to say, Perch? Um, I was just going to say, just the way this draft has fallen, uh, you know, some of the players that I had kind of targeted for certain rounds, we don't need anymore. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel from Clemson was the guy I thought right around this area would be a, a, a good pick, a good Steelers sort of pick. Agreed. We already Steve Griffin, you know, and just kind of a very similar player. So, uh, you know, same thing with uh, Kalen Bailage a couple of rounds ago, or early in the round. Just a couple of guys I had targeted in this area don't need them anymore because we got somebody at that position already. So that threw us off. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well, okay, let's move on. I think we did well. Let's move to uh, round seven. Um, this is uh, the first of two Steelers picks. They get a very early round seven. Pick 220 uh, in this, uh, this draft. Uh, and let's see. I'm just confusing myself with who's who's who. Uh, FC, you're the offensive coordinator. Uh, that means I'm the defensive coordinator, and Perch is the uh, GM, Kevin Colbert. Is that right? No. I'm, yes, I sir. Is it right? Yeah. Yeah, it's my turn to be Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and uh, let's see. This is, uh, FC, are you prepared? If you're prepared, you should run with it. Um, I'm somewhat prepared. I'm gonna, it's going to be quick and easy. Um, I'm going to – at this point, I'm going to go with one guy. I'm going with Paris, offensive tackle from Stony Brook. Um, he's going to go anywhere from late fifth to early seventh round pick. Um, offensively, that's the only position I could see that they could even swing through the fences at. Small school can play multiple positions. How about any of the tight ends? Do you like any of the tight ends here? I don't. I, I really don't like the tight ends in this draft at all. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you one name that might go here. Um, Cam's, Cam Serigny from uh, Wake Forest, I think, yep. is a, a guy that might – He's a he doesn't fit the Steelers very well, maybe because he's definitely like a big wide receiver type. Um, but I kind of like him. And then um, there's this guy, Garrett Hudson, um, who is a bit more of an all-arounder. Um, but 
you know, it was one of those things, just, just an excuse to, to bring up, uh, you know, a guy that probably most people have never heard of a Richmond tight end, um, who played basically a wide receiver position for them, but, uh, also was a good blocker from there. He'd be a, you know, move tight end type. That's all. I just want to throw out a couple of weird names for tight end since uh, we haven't talked too many late rounders uh, for that. Um, so my turn on the on the defensive side, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So we got an edge rusher. Uh, we got a hybrid strong safety linebacker type. We got a free safety. Um, we, we're going to get into a defensive line and uh, and I guess corner, right? That's where we're kind of what we're left with on the defensive side. So uh, I'll start with this guy. Um, from Connecticut, his name is Foley Fatakusi. Uh, you know, one another one of those cats like like uh, you know the guy from Paris from uh, Stony Brook that could go anywhere on day three. I think uh, depending on if teams like him or not, he tested really well. What I like about him is a position versatility, which I think if you're coming to the Steelers on a defensive line, you need a guy that can play multiple positions. I think he could play five tech. I think he could play in the middle uh, and and do a passable job. Um, you know, I, I kind of like him. He's, you know, sort of mixed, mixed tape, but I like him. Um, the other guy I like maybe here is Greg Gilmore from LSU, um, who, uh, you know, I don't think he's super dynamic as a pass rusher. Uh, and, uh, you know, he may be a little uh, undersized to, to be a true nose tackle. But once again, I think he could versatile and can, can give you a little bit uh, on the defensive line. Uh, those would be the two guys I'd say there. As far as corner is concerned, uh, the guy I like is Charvarius Ward. He's the teammate of Richie James from uh, Middle Tennessee State. Um, I think he uh, – tape. if you want to watch the tape and be convinced, watch the Marshall tape. Uh, in that game, he's playing a pretty good quarterback in, in uh, Chase Litton, uh, and he's playing a wide receiver who I think is a, maybe going to be top a top five wide receiver next year uh, for sure. Uh, Ty- Tyree Brady, and and he just absolutely shut Tyree Brady down, which is the only time I've ever seen him shut down. So he's the kind of guy that can match up against a, your number one receiver on the other side, and potentially once he gets his feet wet at the higher level of competition, maybe could be a uh, shutdown corner. Um, one last guy, Perry Nickerson. He's the completely opposite kind of corner. He's a speed guy um, who's not not a, necessarily going to give you um, a ton of aggressive play against a run. But he's also a return guy and a guy that can be your, um, you know, on your kick block team, a guy that can come from the outside and make plays against the kicker, make every kick of the opposition uh, a, a crapshoot because he's that fast uh, off the ball. So there you go. Those are my those are my three guys at this point. So who's your one guy that you're on the table for in this out? Of, out of what I just mentioned, um, yes. Shervarius Ward, the corner. I think he could be a be an upgrade to what we to what we have here. Actually, actually, I'm sorry for the fit. Perry Nickerson's the guy because he's he's a return guy. He's a, somebody that could give you something in the return game. All right, uh, I, we should have our seventh round. I pick Paris from Sunny Rook, and uh, that's your table four. And you would go with I'm with this man. I'm ready to roll on this. I'm going with uh, Paris from Stony Brook. I think that. Uh, the offensive line can really use a little bit more. Uh, that's just, just me and that's where we're going. So, uh, I'm on and you have your pick right there when you're Kevin Colbert next with uh, the young man, uh, 
Cody. Uh, it's on the back. Nickerson. Yeah, you think he might be there in the next pick? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, let's move, let's let's move to that pick. Uh, let's start with you, Perch. You're the offensive coordinator here. Uh, this is pick seven two forty six. Tell me about. We uh, got anybody left on offense we can look at here? Yeah, let's look at tight ends. Okay, I was going to say also, Perch. Feel, feel free to throw out a name here. It's the last pick, but start with tight end. Oh, boy. Who's going to be around this late that's worth taking a look at? Um, maybe Will Disley from Washington. Um, Blocker. Uh, kind of give you another small school guy that uh, I don't think you guys have watched at all, but uh, Nick Nick Kaiser from Grand Valley State would be another. I think he, he may go undrafted, kind of a priority free agent guy. Uh, that's the two I'd be looking at in this area. What what kind of a tight end is he? Is he more of a all-around or move guy, or what's he like? Uh, yeah, I think he's he's somewhat. I mean, he played against lower competition, somewhat of a move guy, but probably more just a, a all around tight end. Good size, decent speed, good hands, solid blocker. You know, just uh, something that you're going to get a guy who could potentially make your roster. You know, uh, this late in the game because that, that's pretty. We're taking a shot in the dark this this far down. Gotcha. Uh, anything else? Any other, other late? Who's your late round? Uh, you know, sleeper pick. I mean, the, the one guy I've had position, for, really. for a while, um, just, I guess, you know, the return game in the NFL is kind of screwed up right now. Is it still a priority or not? Are they going to legislate it out? I don't know. But I saw Quadri Henderson make a shit ton of plays. I know he didn't test as well as you would expect it uh, at the Combine, but then he went to his pro day and kind of rebounded a bit. Not the biggest guy, but, man, every time he touched the ball, he was electric. I don't think he offers really jack shit as a receiver, but just as a pure special team guy who, or guy you can use for gadget plays, I just watched that guy make a ton of plays. So, you know, that might even be the better way to go. If I was going to stand on the table for somebody, you know, Quadri Henderson's a guy I think here with the Steelers' deficiencies at return, man, might be the guy that uh, we'd want to look at. Yeah, and I kind of like where your your head is headed with that in terms of the kind of, at this point, the kind of player that's missing from our, or that would help our draft classes you know, somebody that can contribute uh, some different roles. Um, FC, defensive side. My cell phone's about to die, so if I kick out on you, I'm not going to be able to get back with you. So thank you for running this again. I'm um, actually interested and would be interested in the defensive back at this point as well. So I would probably – you seem very uh, happy with, um, with Perry uh, – the Nickerson – I can't ever – I believe um, – <laughs> Perry the, Nickerson, exactly. Yeah. There you go. So that's your bang for you. And- okay. Um, uh, I, I'll throw out a couple names that you guys haven't mentioned just because it's, you know, it's the end of the draft here. I think there's, a, some, there's some value here, uh, late-round uh, lineback- off-ball linebackers who, who might be special teams contributors. You know, that's sort of the heart of your special teams. Um, Jermaine Carter, Jr. from Maryland – is a guy that the Steelers brought in for a visit. He's a little undersized, but he's somebody that could play some snaps at the MAC if you needed him to. Probably a good special teamer for you. Um, I, I another name I like is Frankie Louvu from Washington. I know he's visited a few teams. He might sneak into the end of round seven. He's a guy that can rush the passer a little bit. He can play off ball a little bit. Special teams demon. Um, and one last name, Eric Boggs, who's a, a inside linebacker from App State. Uh, who's you know pure Mac or or weak side linebacker? Who I think maybe since you're since the only guy you got in this draft is Shaquem Griffin, 
still might have a chance to make the roster um, because of the lack of depth at that Mac position. Um, but that all being said, uh, I do I, I do actually kind of think that uh, Perry Nickerson is the pick here. I, I Quadri Henderson is one of those players perch that you know you might take a swing at in round seven because he does a lot of little, you know, he's just a good player that does a lot of different stuff. If he had tested even a hair better and I'd be more jazzed about what he'd look like in the NFL, um, I, I might've gone that way. But I think Perry Nickerson, something about his game and the tape, if you guys get a chance to see his tape, he's just, uh, I like it when a guy stands out like that in a positive way. When you watch the tape, he seems to be around the ball a lot, make a lot of plays and um, you know, whatever deficiencies he has that'll keep him in round seven, um, I think it's worth a shot at 246. So, gentlemen, there it is. There's our draft. Uh, round one, pick 28, running back Darius Geis from LSU. Uh, round two, 60, free safety Jesse Bates the third from Wake Forest. Pick three, 92, strong safety slash linebacker hybrid Shaquem Griffin from Central Florida. Pick five, 148, wide receiver Richie James from Middle Tennessee State. Pick five, 165, Hercules Mara'afa from Washington State University. Uh, pick 7-2-20, offensive lineman Timon Paris from Stony Brook. And at pick 246, uh, round seven, uh, this would be Perry Nickerson from Tulane, cornerback. Uh, gentlemen, I think you did a fine, fine job. FC, any last thought before you go? Right. We've been doing this for a while, and we, we always say, this draft's different. Well, boys and girls, this draft really is different. You can slot in easily 24 first-round picks. That's what I did. I, I, I went and I looked... And I said, in my opinion, these are 24 guys that are sure fire first round picks. I then had a group of 111 players sitting in front of me that I could see going anywhere from 27 to about 120. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's just, yep. it's just such a large group of players. Um, don't say bust and don't say reach until first or second year. Keep your mind open. Chances are they're not going to draft players that you like. If they draft a bunch of players that you like, hope they work out. You're going to have a lot of posters talking shit about you. Trust me. I know. <laughs> totally true. Perch, any final thoughts from you before we go? Oh, final thoughts. You know, it's just, again, they can't afford to blow it. I mean, this is kind of a key. This is probably the last draft class that's going to make an impact on ben, the end of Ben's career. So the next two years, this year, maybe two more after it. They've got to get. They've got to hit two or three picks. I mean, it would, it would be great if they had one guy that came out that was just a stud right away. But it's it's a key draft. You know, if, if they're going to win a Super Bowl here in this short window they have before the team kind of blows up and rebuilds, they got it. They got to do it good this, this year. So hope they they get it right. Hope they do uh, even better than we did. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for an amazing uh, podcast. Looking forward to see the version on YouTube as well with the clips of the players that we talk about. Uh, that'll be coming out in just a, you know as soon as I can get it put together, basically. But Perch and FC, thank you very much on behalf of our guests and and our amazing cohort co-hosts. Uh, don't forget, you can support this podcast and other great content at Patreon.com. If you look for Will Massasak, that's W I L M A S I S A K. One Alan Will. More podcasts and draft content are available to you at SteelerFuryPodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and visit our YouTube channel. Look for Steeler Fury Podcast. 
And thank you to all of you for tuning in and supporting the show. This is Bradshaw Ben, a.k.a. Will Massasak, a.k.a. Accidental Zen on Twitter, saying, go get them, Steelers. Steeler. 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 Steeler.